Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 19 of the Finger Guns podcast. My name is Roscoe, and I'm joined by Mr. Greg Hicks. Evening. And Mr. Sean Davies. Hello. How are we both? All right? Very good, thank you. I've just been at a, a weekend wedding. I mean, the wedding was yesterday, but today was like part two, chilled out, nursing a hangover. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a bit tender, but I'm good. Part nice. two, the divorce. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, wow. Hey, you said weekend wedding, I, you know. <laughs> I, I called it, I called it weekend day to the hangovering, which sounds <laughs> more polite and, you know, less Fair jinxy. <laughs> well, I like that whenever we do a podcast, Greg is either drinking or hungover. Um. Not always. There's been I mean, a time where I've... Time. No, I just... Yeah, yeah I can't that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what alcoholics say. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, this podcast might turn into an intervention. We shall see. Oh, Christ. Yeah, you're not, you're uh, not actually recording. This is just a... Uh... Oh, no, no. The podcast isn't real. This, this has just been one big, <laughs> long game. Uh, Sean, how are you, sir? I'm good, I'm good. I must apologise in advance... One of my uh, guinea pigs has become incredibly horny for whatever reason. Giggity. And he's, he's, we've like had to separate him from all of the other the guinea pigs because he's like full on attack <laughs> mode. So if you hear like the the horny squeaks of a guinea pig in the background, you know that <laughs> Ralph, Ralph is really going for it. So yeah, I apologize in advance if you can hear lots of squeaking. <laughs> I don't know what I can do about that. I suppose there's not much you can do about it, really. No, I mean, I've just got to ride this out, you know? I, I, apparently <laughs> How become... many puns can you put in? Yes. I'm, I'm, going, I'm going for it. <laughs> this is going to be puntastic. <laughs> How are you doing, Roscoe? Let's change the subject. Uh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm glad to be on the podcast this week. I, uh, I nearly wasn't. Yeah, I'm feeling good, though. Uh, our dear Paul is not with us today because he's not feeling very well. He's got what we call in the medical world, jungle bum. <laughs> <laughs> and he is currently shitting through the eye of a needle. So let's yeah. um let's send thoughts and prayers to Paul, who can't hold a meal down. Maybe we don't want that recorded over a microphone for our podcast. <laughs> I do love the juxtaposition between you know Roscoe's. He's not very well, and Greg giving it double guns with jungle <laughs> bomb. <laughs> Mate, I, I work in the medical uh, profession, so I have no. I'm just I'm just desensitized to it. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Oh dear. Uh, so yeah, but other than that, I'm doing very well. So we're going to jump into, as ever, what we've been playing. So Greg, what have you been playing this week? Um, I've been playing a game I'm currently reviewing called Damsel. And I'm going to give you the Cliff Notes version because I don't want to ruin my review. But I don't like it. Oh, are we allowed to it, say this? Is it not under embargo? Uh, oh, no, I'm pretty sure it's not. Um, okay, cool. But if it is, then... We'll have to edit it and just say I've been playing Damsel. Um, okay. Yeah, it's it's not great. It's it's an iPad game that should have been stayed on iPads, really. I don't like it. So to make myself feel better, I've gone back to playing Spider Man because I bought the DLC. I've been I've gone back to Resident Evil Two as well. Now we all know my love for that game, so I just uh, yeah got back into that recently. You're and... playing Resident Evil Two? Yeah. No. Shocking. Kill, kill surprise. And I've also been playing a bit more of a uh, Power Roomy because I actually quite like it. Yeah, you said, can say it now. I know, I can say it if I, if I slow my words down and, <laughs> and talk real good. Yeah, I've been playing that. It's still fucking hard as nails. I can't do very well at it because it's difficult, but it's it's got that try, you know, one more try thing to it. Yeah, yeah. It's good fun, though. Did, uh, you, yeah. did you play Amplitude? No, I've downloaded it because um, I remember you guys saying it was free on PS3 and then you could upgrade to the PS4 version. Yeah, 
Um, and so, I've done part one of that. I have, no, I think I have played it before. Is that the one with the three rails? Yeah, and it's, it's it looks so like there is like a rock, paper, a scissors kind of. Um, you have to press the right buttons on the right rails at the right time, kind of thing. That's right. And I was just wondering it. So obviously not played it. I just wondered how because I really struggled with Power Roomy. Uh, sorry, I really struggle with Amplitude. Um, so, but I do like the, the look of Power Roomy. So I was just wondering if it was easier or difficult. Um, I I only had a brief go on Amplitude many years ago, so I couldn't tell you. I think I do want to play that. I never got around to is Thumper. Yes, mate. You do need to. Yeah, I know. I always see it on set. It's so good. I know. It does look good. And the soundtrack is right right up my alley. So, So, yeah. Yeah, I've been sort of playing a bit more of that, really, just to try and get good at it. I'm not, but I've been playing that. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. So, Sean, what have you been playing this week? So, obviously, last week I finished off Assassin's Creed Odyssey, apart from one trophy, which I'm waiting for them to unlock. So I kind of needed a new project game, you know, kind of one of those games which is just a list of things to do. And I started, I've started a lot of games, like the first 10 minutes, and I wanted to figure out which one I wanted. So I started Days Gone, I started Red Dead 2, and I started Rage Rage 2. And I ended up going with Rage 2. So I've been playing quite a lot of Rage 2 this week. And happy to say I'm very pleasantly surprised. I know that you mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, saying the beginning isn't at all what you were expecting it to be. And yeah, it is It is a mood. The beginning of this game is just like, okay then, like how much game can you get in this game? And then suddenly it opens up and, you know, once you start to unlock things, it starts to become a really interesting game. It is a lot of map mapping, so just getting rid of symbols, collecting boxes and things. Mm-hmm. But um, I've just unlocked the like unicycle flight thing so i'm just like buzzing around the map on a little flying thing now and it is a hell of a lot of fun and also i need to mention this game isn't the best looking but i do think it has probably the best ground deformation i've ever seen in any game so like if you drive over like big boulders and things you crush them and they fall to pieces and like boulders will get like chewed up by your car your, your your wheels and things it looks really great um like better than any kind of other ground deformation like textures and stuff i've ever seen before so yeah rage 2 i've been playing something called bouncy bullets which you'll see a review of on by the time this podcast goes up there'll be a review and it is dross and i've been playing something called brain breaker on the playstation 4 which do you know when, like, that thing where somebody says, can you rub your belly and pat your arms, pat your head at the same time? Mm. Like, it, imagine doing that and then somebody threw three juggling balls at you and told you to juggle at the same time. That's what it feels like to play Brain Breaker. How could you do all three of those things at the same time? You can't. That's the point. So the game, the game is like a mixture of three mini games. Like, one is a little bar where you have to move this little guy up and down and to avoid pieces of fire. On the left-hand side of the screen, you've got this thing where things drop from the top of the screen and you have to catch them in the basket. And in the middle of the screen, there is a like platform on a pivot and you have to keep a ball from falling from below the screen. And all this is happening at the same time. And the, most, the longest I've lasted is about 10 seconds, she said. And, um, yeah, it's... <laughs> and, um, yeah, it, it's just... it's. Puzzle games are supposed to be like enjoyable, and there is an easy mode so you can play these puzzles individually. But like together, like the mode that it's supposed to be called normal, 
It's just like insanely difficult. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just a would, pain in the ass. Would you say it's brain busting? Well, this is it. Like, like I, I they've obviously oh, I gone it. for a take. Like, it's, uh, uh, there yeah. you go. See, it all makes sense in the end. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I'm... I think we just broke Sean's brain and thought then. <laughs> well, I was I was about to start talking about a game that I can't start talking about, so I'm just going to shut up because I can't talk about the non-existent game that hasn't been announced and I haven't been enjoying at all um, because it doesn't exist. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I've also been playing a game that does not exist and I haven't got anything to say about it other than it's really good. But what the hell am I talking about? No one really knows. Wow, you it's guys very strange. Are... You guys should work for MI5 because that was some proper top secret agent talk there. Yeah. No one's going to take on to what you guys are on about. <laughs> yeah. He says, what do, you, uh, what do you think about this non existent game thus far? Um, I don't think it exists. And, no. <laughs> and it, I, I, I honestly, hypothetically, if it did exist, I'm sure I would really, really enjoy it. And I'm sure my kids would also enjoy it. And yeah, it's. I really hope that one day it exists. Yeah, me too. I mean, me and uh, me and Jay are also hoping that we could one day play it all weekend, <laughs> like we haven't been doing this weekend. Yeah, and yeah, we both find it to be um, very exciting, uh, created very well with very few bugs or anything like that. But so, if this game existed, I think it would be quite interesting. Mm. Yes, mm. I concur. Yeah, I'm so very glad that this game doesn't exist. So. <laughs> So when can we edit out the uh, world's longest running terrible joke? <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh, but... mate, I can't, I can't edit you completely out of the podcast. Oh, oh. That is... I get it. Oh my god! Sorry. <laughs> so, what have you been playing, Roscoe? Aside um, from non-existent games, games that don't exist. Well, I have to bring you up on something that I noticed today. I saw you were playing Madden. Yes. What? How? What? Uh, I've never seen you play Madden before. In do you the need to talk to someone? Six years that I've known you. Okay, so I used to have a real big thing for the NCAA games, like way back in the day, before the whole breakup between EA and NCAA. And every so often, I like to dive back into Madden. Now, I don't follow American football as much as I used to. I used to be so into it, like ridiculously. Like Tim Tebow was my guy, um, but. Like the last couple of years, having kids and stuff, I kind of drifted out, and I saw that it was on the store, and thought I'd download it, and I started started it downloading this morning, and I got it. You have to do this like pre-install install, so you know, like on FIFA, you can load up and play one match against two pre-defined yeah, yeah, yeah. teams. Yeah. So I played that match like three times now, because it's still <laughs> downloading. Um, so I haven't actually played Madden. I've just played the, the the intro match three times, which is great. I've been really enjoying it. And I can't wait to actually tell you next week about Madden 20. It's going to be great. Have you bought it? I bought it. I like Madden, yeah. Wow. You didn't just go for the 10-hour trial on the access for £4? No, because like matches take 10 hours. So it's like... <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, a, quarter in, a quarter in the match is like four minutes. So, you know, you only get like Maybe two matches out of it. If you really, it's like two two out two matches an hour. It's it's not it's not worth you know, ten hours. Okay. Plus they got this they got this new mood, this like quarterback mode where you every decision you make has like an influence throughout the season. Kind of like the Alex Hunter thing in FIFA. So I'm I'm looking forward to getting in gri- to grips with that. Uh, okay, cool. All right, cool. I was just uh, yeah, brassing to my friends this earlier, and just by chance, I just happened upon you playing Madden. 
I was like, yeah. Wait, what? Okay. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> no, okay. Um, what have I been playing? I've been playing Doom. The uh, as in Doom 16 or old Doom? As in Doom 1993 Doom. Wow. Um, I, it popped up on the old uh, Nintendo Switch. Obviously, Doom 1, Doom 2, and Doom 3 became available on all of the systems this week. And I was going back and forth on which ones I really wanted to play. Because I've never played Doom 3, but I've blasted Doom 1 and Doom 2. I thought I'd jump into Doom 1 again. And it's it's just great, isn't it? It's just really good. It's a really nice port as well. It's a really just very, very smooth, very classic, uh, old school Bethesda goodness. So, um, yeah, that's been a lot of fun. It feels very, very nice. The whole signing online to play thing, you, I put my email in once and I've never had to do it again. Um, I think that's something to do with your career ranking on your account on Bethesda. Um, something to do with really anything else. So it's just a one-time thing and then it's done. And uh, yeah, it's really enjoyable. I think I'll probably jump into Doom 2 soon and maybe Doom 3. Has either of you played Doom 3? Yeah. Uh, I played it when it first came out, yeah, on the Xbox. Is it? Uh, does it not live up to the first two? Or it's, what? It's, it's Doom in name, really. I mean, it's, at the it's... time, it was it was a good sort of uh, first-person horror-ish game but it's not really doom i mean it was it went for the atmospheric creepy thing and not just go nuts yeah it is it is a bit more quake than doom doom 3 and what it feels like do you know how like doom 1 and 2 every time you see played nowadays everyone's like like going through the map at like ten thousand miles per hour but that isn't the way that anybody played doom back in the day Back in the day, it was like, oh, fuck, I'm just going to go around. Oh, fuck, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. And then try to run away. That was how everyone played Doom. Doom yeah. 3 was like they forgot that bit and just decided to make it dead quick. It's still a good game, mind. Although I, I watched somebody play some on a stream the other day. And, you know, the graphics kind of held up, but the enemies look so freaking dated. Yeah, they do. They do. They do. Yipers. Yeah, it was 1993. It's okay. I'm about Doom 3 here. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Doom 3. Ooh, that's not good then. No. Oh, well, I might give a bast. I'm hoping this means Doom 64 might be around the corner because that was a lot of fun back in the day. Yeah, very different type of Doom, wasn't it? Very, very much so. <laughs> um, I, I, you know, to this day, I still, I've only ever played the first level of Doom 16 because I only played the free trial. Never actually played it proper. Oh, it's good. I mean, if you can be, you, you can pick it up for like a five and out, but if you've got it on any kind of um, available uh downloadable passing then yeah it's worth it plus it's got a really banging soundtrack as well i just said banging soundtrack jesus christ oh, you, did, you did just say banging it soundtrack. is it is on game pass but you're xbox list aren't you i am unfortunately ah but yes it, it's uh it was it was good it was a good return to doom form it arrived on game pass a month after i got rid of it ah that's right uh, so, oh, that's, that's not funny. I mean, it's been on the PlayStation sale a hundred times. So. Yeah, I mean, you you can you can get. I know you, you don't really buy a lot of physical games, do you? But you can get like a physical copy for like a fiver, I think, in places. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to get me excited for Doom Eternal because I'm not. It, there's so much coming out between now and the end of the year that it's not really up there for me. I would like to get excited about it. We shall see. Um, I've also been playing a game called The Church in the Darkness, and uh, <laughs> yeah, this is a game that. You know, you can read my review now up on fingerguns.net for this one. And it's a game that I remember seeing, at, maybe it was at an E3 or something, years and years ago. And I really liked the premise and the idea of it. It sounded really interesting. And then it just went silent for ages and just didn't hear anything about it until a few months ago where it said, oh, we're actually ready to release now. And I played it and it was crap. And it's 
really, really disappointing because the idea of it and the premise is interesting and it just doesn't make you want to see it through and doesn't really want to make you go all the way to the end. And the annoying thing about the game is that it encourages you to do this because it encourages you to play play through once and then again and then again and then again and again to get different endings. Every level is generated procedurally and it's meant to be a different experience every time, but it just isn't. And it's uh, very disappointing, which is, uh, which is a real shame because it looked like something that was going to be a bit of fun. Ergo. Ergo, it wasn't to be. No. So we move on and a bit more Youngblood. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm stuck as hell. Sean, I need your help because I can't get past this one bit. Okay. Let's, let's do it after this then, eh? Yeah, I know we keep saying that, but we need to actually do it. Yeah. I mean, like, if it's which bit are you stuck on? It's the the first level after the catacombs where what you, yeah, mate i got surrounded by pan by panzerhoons and nazis i just got surrounded and me and soph just couldn't do it okay so it just it wasn't to be unfortunately right so no problem we do this awesome awesome other than that yeah i'm having a great time jess and soph are still very fun company so it's uh it's damn good yeah um, and that's what i've been playing this week have a nice very Bethesda heavy week, it would seem. Oh yeah, just noticed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, we're going to move on then to the Almighty. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the most exhilarating, most exciting, most electrifying video game quiz in all the world. Hosting the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. Lock up your daughters. Hold on to your butts and go absolutely uptown Funkatron for the smoothest can in the entire podcast cosmos. It's the knowledge himself, Mr. Sean Davies. Thank you very much. Um, welcome to the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge. This week, something a little bit different again. But don't worry, this should hopefully be a little bit more accessible to everybody. So this week's Trivia Challenge is all about video game first times. So the first time something happened in video games, the questions are all about the very first time those things happened. And for the first time ever for Finger Guns history, it is multiple choice. Da, 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 da. So every oh question, goodness. yeah, every question, I will give you three potential answers. And hopefully we shall um, have a very accessible quiz that everyone can get on board with. So you guys ready? As I'll ever be. Are you strapped in and ready for this? Yes. Okay. God, there is so many. Are you sure it's not the guinea pig that's just horny? Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sure, new windows. Oh, no. Um, if this is the first time that you're listening to this podcast and the first time you are participating in the Finger Guns Trivia Challenge, we'll read the questions out now. Um, and then towards the end of the, the podcast, we'll read out the answers. And then if you do play along, please do let us know how you get on. Good luck to Sarah and Wayne. I hope they beat the snot out of both Roscoe and Greg. Okay. Question one. For the user. Run, 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 run. <laughs> Question one. What was the first ever video game to appear on a mobile phone? Was it A, Snake, B, Tetris, or C, Hangman? So question one. What was the first ever video game to appear on a mobile phone? Was it A, Snake, B, Tetris, or C, Hangman? Okay, 
Question 2. Which game contained the first ever in-game Easter egg? Was it A. Adventure, B. Pitfall, or C. Fire and Ice? Question 2. Which game contained the first ever in-game Easter egg? Was it A. Adventure, B. Pitfall, or C. Fire and Ice? Okay, question three. Which games console was the first to have both 3D graphics and an analog stick on the controller? Was it A, the Nintendo 64, B, the PlayStation 2, or C, the Sega Saturn? So, question three. Which games console was the first to have both 3D graphics and an analog stick on the controller? Was it A, the Nintendo 64, B, the PlayStation 2, or C, the Sega Saturn? I feel like that's a trick question. <laughs> yeah, okay. Question four. What was Mario's first profession? Was he a doctor? B. A plumber or C. A carpenter? Yeah, but are his other things professions or hobbies? <laughs> I think he gets paid for all of them, so. You know, occupation. What was Mario's <laughs> first occupation? <laughs> was he A. A doctor, B. A plumber or C. A carpenter? Okay, question five. What was the very... <laughs> Let me start again. <laughs> I can hear the guinea pig going nuts behind me. <laughs> question five. What was the first ever magazine dedicated entirely to video games? Was it A, Intelligence Gamer, B, Computer Games, or C, Electronic Games? That question again, what was the first ever magazine dedicated entirely to video games? Was it A, Intelligence Gamer, B, Computer Games, or C, Electronic Games? Okay, question six. What was the first live action movie that was based on a video game? Was it A, Street Fighter, B, Super Mario Brothers, or C, Tomb Raider. Question six. What was the first live action movie that was based on a video game? Was it A, Street Fighter, B, Super Mario Brothers, or C, Tomb Raider? Okay, question seven. Which game publisher was the first to sell one billion games? Was it A, Sega, B, Atari, or C, Nintendo? Question 7. Which game publisher was the first to sell 1 billion games? Was it A, Sega, B, Atari, or C, Nintendo? Okay. Question 8. 
what was the first ever home console game to use motion capture technology for its animation? Is that A, Soul Edge? Is it B, Rise of the Robots? Or is it C, Virtua Fighter 2? Question 8. What was the first ever home console game to use motion capture technology for its animation? Is it A. Soul Edge, B. Rise of the Robots, or C. Virtua Fighter 2? Okay, question 9. What was the first comic book character to get their own video game adaption? Is that A. Batman, B. Superman, or C. He-Man. It was a He-Man comic. There was a He-Man comic. Hmm. Maybe it is a school day. Question 9. What was the first comic book character to get their own video game adaption? Was it A. Batman, B. Superman, or C. He-Man? Hmm. Question 10. Which game was the first ever first-person shooter? Was it A. Doom? Was it B. Maze War? Or was it C. Wolfenstein 3D? All about that Bethesda today. Question 10. Which game was the first ever first-person shooter? Was it A, Doom, B, Maze War, or C, Wolfenstein 3D? Okay, question 11. What was the name of the first ever home video game console? Was it A, the Atari 2600? Was it B, Home Pong? Or C, the Magnavox Odyssey? So, what was the name of the first ever home video game console? Was it the Atari Two? <laughs> the, Not the, that uh... one. <laughs> <laughs> was it the Atari Twenty Six Hundred, the Ho- B Home Pong, or C the Magnavox Odyssey? The Magavox or, or Magnavox Odyssey? Correct. Odyssey. Not the Magav. No, we don't want that. <laughs> okay, question 12. You, go, you guys think I've got a drink problem? <laughs> I am too sad as deep. <laughs> okay, question 12. What was the first ever licensed arcade game based on a TV show released in 1976? Was it A. Fonz, B. Star Trek, or C. Little House on the Prairie? Question 12. What was the first ever licensed arcade game based on a TV show released in 1976? Was it A. Fonz, B. Star Trek, or C. Little House on the Prairie? Okay. 13 and the last question. Unlucky for some. Which console was the first to have a wireless controller? Was it A. The Wii? Was it B. The Atari 2600, 
or was it C, the Dreamcast? Huh. I think I'm thinking of one that's not on that list. Can you, what are the options again? Question 13, which console was the first to have a wireless controller? Was it the Wii, the Atari 2600, or the Dreamcast? And that are all three 13 questions for this week's quiz. Huh. How was that? Not too good. bad. I think not a lot bad. of those have stumped me. Not too bad. Not too bad. I think, uh, yeah, we got to take that very seriously. There was always no talking whatsoever. Hey. No, but that's because <laughs> Paul wasn't aiming to get incorrect answers. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I thought I'd you know, try and mix it up with a bit of multiple choice because I understood that quiz was probably really hard. So give you all a third of a chance of getting it right. Let's figure it out later on how you did then. Excellent. Thank you very much, Sean. Pleasure as always. Right, we're going to break into some news now. And this week, Respawn, those wonderful folks that made Titanfall, Titanfall 2, and Apex Legends, were teasing a reveal for a new AAA VR game that is going to be coming out very, very soon. Well, probably not soon, but they're releasing it, or at least announcing it very, very soon anyway. Now, there's no real clue as to what this is going to be, so we're just going to speculate a little bit as to what they could be revealing. So, Mr. Sean Davies, what are Respawn making for you VR folks? Um, it's going to be Titanfall VR. Or oh. Titanfall if, Titan you know, VR. Titanfall <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they'll probably do something daft like that. But yeah, um, these, there's quite a few of these games coming out now. And there's one that's been in development for quite a long time. And the first time I saw it, I thought, is that Titanfall? Because it looks exactly like Titanfall. And it's in VR and it's a, you know, it would be bonkers for Titanfall, you know, for Respawn not to make a Titanfall VR game because, you know, that, that IP is still very valuable and it seems like a win-win. I just don't see them working on anything else. I don't see them working on something Star Wars related, um, anything else Star Wars related. So, fingers crossed. Mm, I mean, there's, there's that Vader Immortal, which is coming out, isn't it? Which is a VR game. Yeah, but that's that's from somebody else, isn't it? It's only for Oculus, so it's a, a platform exclusive. And I, I've heard very good things about that, but also why why try to kind of flood the market with Star Wars games when you know you've probably got one of the best right now just coming out? It doesn't seem like wise to try and cut that down at its prime by releasing another one. Timefall does make the most sense, I think. But could you think I? It worries me. I'm not sure I could stomach a moving around in a mech type of game because there's a lot of fast movement involved. There is, but uh, did you ever play the um, VR Worlds collection on PSVR? I did. Yes. So there was one of the games on there. I think it was like Odyssey or something like that, which early kind of groundbreaking work for being inside a machine while you use vr um, and since then we've had like gun jack which has been the same um and a lot of these games now originally you would vomit very quickly like the the vr worlds game was vomit inducing because you were doing very fast movements in like a very isolated bubble 
and it wasn't good. But now we're at a place where there are games out there that are very good mech games that don't make you vomit. So, you know, frame rates have been up. You know, they've they kind of figured out that your your peripheral vision needs to be blocked in some way in order to get fast vision, fast fast movement to work. So, fingers crossed, all these things. You know, respawn aren't aren't a bad studio. They're a very good studio. So, fingers crossed, they they made the most of everything that they know about VR and with time for and put them together and made something awesome. I hope it's not like a rail shooter or something. I hope it is like a, you know, like a multiplayer shooter or something. Cause that would be yeah. great, but we shall see. Hmm. Interesting. Do you think we'll ever see Titans in apex legends? <sighs> you know, Fortnite's just gone and done it on its own. Yeah. Fortnite's, <laughs> Fortnite's have put, put, put Titans in their game. You know, they're not, they're not called Titans, but, they, I, I think it's a bit daft if they don't, but I can also understand why they would want to separate them from that core game. You know, if the map exists right now in Apex Legends, it doesn't really um, accommodate Titans very well. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like tight, tighter uh, gulches and things like that where you couldn't get into with a Titan. So. I don't think that they ever plan to. I think they probably will do eventually if they ever build another map because I don't think that map was ever designed for Titans, if I'm honest. No, I mean, they said that in the reveal, didn't they? They said Titans wasn't even on the on the cards. It wasn't an option yeah. for this. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it wasn't even thought about at the very beginning. Yeah. So I and guess there's no thinking around it. I totally get why people keep asking that, like, pick, put Titans in it, put Titans in it. But I mean, Titanfall 2 exists you know it's not as if you couldn't pick up Titanfall 2 and have the best multiplayer time because that is you know a, a lot of what was good in Apex was good in Titanfall 2 so it's it's a bit daft that people keep asking for Titans in Apex when Apex is a perfectly good game on its own but we, we shall see yeah absolutely uh Greg would you away from the respawn VR game um, have you played Titanfall 2? Would you like to see a Titanfall 3 maybe in the future? I would. I I did actually play Titanfall 2 and really enjoyed it. Um, what? Oh, you did play Titanfall 2? Yeah. Sorry, I thought you said you didn't. Sorry, apologies. Carry on. Wow. No, I did. <laughs> and I really, I didn't play the first one. I wasn't interested. Same with like Brink and stuff like that. I don't care for multiplayer games that have a bit of maybe story in it. But no, Titanfall 2 after everyone banged on about the campaign being amazing. And I played it, really enjoyed it. Um, I'd like a Titanfall 3. I don't know where they could go with it. Um, I mean, I'm a... I don't understand this massive need to have... Every game has to be open world. If they made another corridor-based Titanfall 3, I would love that. With a bit of, you know, like verticality to it, and a bit more sort of... Not full free roam. But yeah, I'd, I'd quite happily welcome Titanfall 3. I don't know if it'll happen... I mean, maybe off the back of Apex Legends, but VR side of it, yeah, you're right. I I don't have VR, so I can't give you an opinion on that. Mm. But uh, no, I'd, I'd I'd quite like Titanfall too. It's very under uh, criminally underrated. I think more people should play it. It is. It and they're, absolutely they're, they're is. They're always they're always giving it away for like pennies. Mm. I always see yeah. it on the cheap. Last time I, mean, I think it I, was uh, two ninety five was the lowest wow. I saw it. Yeah, I think I bought <laughs> Just... my. I think I bought it on the Xbox One for like a fiver on sale. Mm. And I loved it. Uh, it's just a very good game. Uh, so yeah, I'd, I'd I'd be up for a Titanfall three. Yeah, I'd really love a Titanfall three. It's just a shame that it probably won't happen at this point. 
thanks to no. people not getting Thunderbolt 2. But it was so, yeah, so critically is. kind of applauded. You know, that, that campaign is hands down one of the best FPS campaigns in years. And nothing's beaten it since. So But then and, it could be a sl- it could be a slow burn there. We've seen games that are critically um lauded but poor reviews and sometimes they creep back round. Yeah. Hopefully the success of Apex Legends and that will maybe twist their arm and go, oh, maybe people do want a, a Titanfall 3. I think we've got about as much chance of seeing a sequel to Enslaved as we have Titanfall 3. <laughs> oh, that's sad. I like Enslaved. That is sad. I, I think Enslaved so. was amazing. That was my point. It was a very good game, but everyone went, cool, not buying it. Again, maybe this maybe this VR game is another window into that. Maybe they're just testing the waters for Absolutely. something bigger. That would be awesome. I'd love a new Titanfall. Go on EA. Make it happen. Just give them money. You've got so much money. Just make it happen. <laughs> um, right. Let's move on then to the uh, the China Joy game news. Um, the China Joy is not the biggest uh, thing that we celebrate over here, but they do love it over there in the old, well, China, I guess. And a bunch of news was revealed there. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know a lot about anything that was revealed. So I might take it over to Sean and so ask what the highlights were and what we need to get excited about from this particular reveal. Hi. Hi, man. So it's it's funny that we should mention, you know, Odyssey to the West um, because Hero is back, um, the new Monkey King, which is a game that's being developed in China for a Chinese audience, has a potential to be brought across to the West. And it does look a lot like um, Ninja Theory's previous you know, masterpiece that didn't get anywhere near as enough attention, but it does look a lot like that game. And obviously he's got the Monkey King as the, uh, the hero. So obviously Monkey's back and it looks pretty damn good. Like an action adventure game. We should probably keep our eyes out for that one because THQ, you know, they have the cash. We'll probably splash and we'll probably see um, hero is back and the new Monkey King across here before the end of the year, possibly. So the next game that kind of got announced was, well, it's it's already been previously announced, but we kind of got an update. Can you remember that game that was announced for the Xbox One where it was pixel graphics and the the um, main artist on it was potentially involved in the early Gamergate thing? Are you talking about The Last Night? That is correct. Name okay. has slipped my mind for a moment. <laughs> um, so the last night, I don't know if you've seen, but the the last night has gone some, some, through some serious problems. Um, they've had a lot of funding issues. It looks like their publishing deal with Raw Fury has fallen through. A lot of sad faces because the game looks pretty dug, decent. Yeah, it does. But, it looks beautiful. But thankfully, um, I know, and I'm going to probably butcher this because I have no idea how to pronounce it, Mutationum. Mutationum is what I would say, yeah. I know Mutationum, um, <laughs> but basically it looks like a um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say better version of the last night, much more color, colorful. Um, yeah, well, it does. You know, it's been it's also you know big big funding behind it. So because I think Tencent are involved with that one, so we will definitely be seeing that on our shores. Oh God, is there anything Tencent aren't involved in anymore? They, Man, they, they have much, some fingers and pies, don't they? They they own five percent of at least every video game publisher. You know, they 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 are 
they are gaming. You know? There was a lot of good games coming out of, of China G. Um, but I think you're probably best going on and checking out some of yourself. Like Undying um, is like an emotion. Well, it's kind of like a story-driven action game about zombies and people trying to survive zombies. So it's kind of like the Chinese version of um, The Walking Dead, which looks pretty cool. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's so much news come out of China, China Joy. And, but I think, did you guys ever play the Romance of the Three Kingdom games in the past? I haven't, no. They, I'm aware of them. Yeah, I mean, they are deeply strategic, but they also have like a Dynasty Warriors thing going on with them. And they really play with kind of, you know, the East's history, you know, Japan and China and all of that kind of conflict. And the fourteenth um, entry into the series is coming to our shores in twenty twenty, which oh. is great. I think a lot of people have been watching this because those games are deceptively good. I I've played I think two ever, but they took me like I'm talking hundreds of hours to get through because they are just very very good games. So good to see another one coming our way. Do you know anything about Evo Tinction? Because that name is quite amazing. Um, I, I've give me two seconds. I get confused between this one and another one. Uh, is this the first-person shooter that's um, <laughs> such a bad? Yeah, let name. me have, let me have a look at the uh, the trailer a minute. It doesn't look amazing, <laughs> to be fair. Uh, it looks a little bit janky, but it's a. Uh, it might be quite entertaining if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, it looks like a PS2 game. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with with China is that it is a very emerging market, and a lot of these games. So, like, we've reviewed a couple of Chinese games in the past. I think um, Hidden Dragon Fist was one of them, mm. and it's like these games. It's a very um, blossoming market where a lot of talent has been allowed to exist in China, but also stagnate because there's been no migration in and out of skills and now the chinese kind of gaming market is blowing up we're going to get a couple of years worth of these um let's just say games that probably you know that that we we kind of feel is old hat for like mm. five or six years ago but they are quickly catching up because some of these games do look and you know 10 cents are splashing the cast in china massively because they are a blossoming market you know the chinese government is now you know, allowing games to be sold, whereas previously it was kind of like you could only buy it in Shanghai and you can only buy it from certain stores, and and to do to do so otherwise would land you in jail. So, you know, it was it's been pro- proper hardcore in China for a long time, but you know now it's opening up. So fingers crossed, we'll start to see some. Yeah, Evo Tinction doesn't look like the best game, but you know, never you never know. It kind of looks like Metal Gear Solid. It has that kind of vibe to it very stealthy orientated but very strange and confusing looking which is what i think of when i think of metal gear solid (laughs) (laughs) yeah you've just nailed metal gear solid well done thanks man um okay cool there's um yeah there's a nice roundup actually i don't normally uh promote other websites but hey there's a great roundup of all the china joy games on pushsquare.com if you want to have a nose um they have the trailer for all of them. So that might be worth checking out if you are interested in anything that was revealed there. Okay, let's move on then to... Hey, we're in August! 
that means another month of brand new video games. So we're going to go through um, the list and we're going to see which ones we're looking forward to the most coming out between now and at the end of this month. So, uh, Greg, have you got any particular ones you're looking forward to? Yeah, um, I'm kind of looking forward to Metal Wolf Chaos, but I've got this weird feeling it's going to be shit. Um, yeah, I mean, it's one of those it's games true. that can like... Devolver only put their good games on the Switch nowadays. <laughs> um, no, because it, it obviously never came out over here. Um, I remember it looked cool years back, and I don't want it to be a product of hype where I go, oh, it looks amazing, and it sucks balls. So that could be good. I'm not sure. Um, it is coming out on the consoles, isn't it? It's not just the Switch, and I've not read that wrong. Uh, yeah, PC and PS4. Ah, right, cool. Yeah, I, th- I thought you had me going then. Um, um, what else am I looking forward to? Wreckfest. Quite liking the look of that. Yes. I mean, the trailer The trailer was a bit silly. The trailer was that moody voiceover guy thing. But, yeah, looking forward to Wreckfest and sort of Demolition Derby. Looks like a, a better version of Flat Out. Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's not a bad thing. Um, and Control. Ah, uh, Re- yes. God, that's Remedy's, so close now. I know. Remedy's new... Uh, Remedy, obviously, you know, Max Payne and uh, Alan Wake. So. Yes. Two of my favourite game series. Well, I say game series is Alan Wake isn't um, a series, but I'm looking forward to that. That'll be good. Yes, I should stress as well. Um, Alan Wake is currently free on the Epic Game Store if you have a PC. Yeah. If they get a PC, along with Fort Honor, if you do want to check them out, both free right now on the Epic Game Store, which is pretty cool. Um, anyway, just a little tangent there. Uh, Sean, anything getting you excited in August apart from everything? Uh, everything, but most especially um, Man of Medan or Men of Medan. Oh, yeah. Called. I remember sitting with you when we played this at EGX. Yeah, I I really, really, really liked Until Dawn. And I was very excited when they said, hey, we're going to continue it on. We've got lots of entries. This, um, from what I've heard recently, is that it's not as long as Until Dawn, but it is hella scary still so i am quite looking forward to this and what i played at egx i was very excited by it looked spectacular like like a horror film had just been like digitized and put into it. it's so so damn freaky because like you'll be looking at a wall and you'll be like oh it's just a wall and then you'll see like eyes and a mouth appear in the wall you're like oh shit so yeah very very excited for that one um, so another game that I'm quite excited for is Pine. Now, about two weeks ago, um, the developers said we are still on schedule to release Pine in August. Now, I have, I think this game is way too um, ambitious for what it could be. Um, and I hope they deliver on everything they, they come across and kind of they promised because if they do, it could be something pretty special. So in Pine, you play as this little caveman boy who's like in a fantasy prehistoric world and the village is dying off where he is and he needs to go off and find, you know, new ways to save his village. But the entire world is like its own ecosystem. And do you know in like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn how you'd have like certain machines fighting against each other? Yes. That That is kind of like what it's like in Pine, but that all happens regardless of you interfere or not 
and if you do interfere in the ecosystem, you can like spin it massively out of control. So, for example, if you happen to walk into some kind of nest of animals and kill them all off, and then the population stops to grow, because they've stopped growing, another species might grow and take over the area. It's like a fascinating concept that they come up with that's like a living and breathing world that has like major repercussions and like just you killing off one enemy could have massive knock-on effects later on. And I hope it's coming out on, it's supposed to be coming out on all platforms. So like PC, Switch, uh, PS4 and Xbox One. But they've been talking primarily about Switch. So I I get the feeling that they are kind of mainlining the Switch version because they know that's where it's going to sell the most. It looks fantastic too, so fingers crossed. And I think the last game is again Control. I don't think, I don't think anyone's really talking enough about this game because it looks freaky as hell, but also incredibly good. It looks like the psyops slash Second Sight game that we never got the sequel to. You know, the 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 basis for those games looks like it's been taken on with Control, given a decent story and a freaky ass environment. And it looks sublime. So yeah, really looking forward to control. How about you? I Ray? love Second Sight. Yeah. Did 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 you like? Were you involved in the whole Second Sight psyops wars? Did you you like? Did I, you pick I was or? I was team I was team Second Sight. I just thought psyops was gash. <laughs> I just thought it was just uh. it was just a shooter, and then they saw Second Sight was coming out, and they went, "Uh, put powers in it." No, I know that's that's not true at all. But <laughs> I just I just thought it looked really crap and then second sight i mean i love the look of it i like the story element i was much more engaged in that story of second sight and uh, it had that sort of time splitters you know the weird like chunky free radical yeah um characterizations they do and i just i just absolutely loved it and i'd love to see more of it i'm never going to so hopefully like you say control can take over that mantle well um second sight the ip was bought out be it i know so i know fingers crossed buddy fingers crossed (laughs) You know what I'm like with buying HC remasters. Is that, <laughs> you know, if they, they if they can revive, you know, everything that they have revived, you know, like kill all humans, you know, if they can revive that, they all sure all as things, hell, yeah. they, they can revive Second Sight for sure. And Time Splitters, while they're at it, you know, they have their, their license to that now. Yeah, anyway. They, sh- they, should be, uh, they should be dedicating all of their time and energy to a new Time Splitters, please. Yeah, absolutely. Nothing else. Nothing else. They, have, they own everything now, I know, but that's all they should be making. I don't know why they haven't made that already. Do you know what I think they are? Do you know um, Dan Busters? Mm. Is Dan Busters, the studio that um, they own, is the old Free Radical. So, And I know most of the people who who used to work at Free Radical have moved on, but there are still a handful there that still work there. So Dan Busters in the UK, that is the studio where they should be putting time splitters. And okay. they should be making a new one. And I would put money on that actually happening. I'd put a small wager on that. Oh, alright. Two okay. pounds. Two pounds. Okay, two. That is a small wager. That is that a small is wager. A, a... I'm not that confident, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what games in August? What are you what are you loving, Roscoe? Um I've got five. I couldn't narrow it down. I'm looking forward to control, obviously. I wasn't majorly excited about it for ages until I saw the latest trailer, as I mentioned in Slack the other day. I was like, Oh my goodness me, that looks wicked. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to Killer Queen Black, which is finally coming out to, I believe, Xbox One, PC, and Switch. It's a very popular arcade game, which 
people went absolutely mad for over the years and i've never played it but i did get a quick hands-on at egx and it looks absolutely insane and so i think it will be a fun game for all of us to play together and i'm really looking forward to finally learning what it's about the game was fun i had a very quick game on egx not really enough to kind of get an idea of what it was but i had a really good time with that um i'm looking forward to blair witch blair witch is out this month which is pretty wild i thought that would be way off i mean is it <laughs> it is it is scheduled for the end of the month this i mean this feels like the shortest announcement to delivery of game i yeah i mean it was ever experienced so it's incredible but if it does come out it's meant to be coming out at the end of the month and this is the game if you're listening if you don't know it's the game that everyone thought was alan wake at e3 until it wasn't and despite that the latest trailer got me quite excited for it i'm not really into psychological horror games and they're the ones that I try to avoid. But this one looks quite interesting. And I do like the lore of Blair Witch and the whole concept of it. So it does look quite fun. Truck 2, Seeds of Evil, is getting a port onto Switch this month. And if that doesn't get anyone why? excited, I don't know what will. Um, I don't know why. I mean, they ported the first Turok and it must have done somewhat well. So Turok 2 is the better game out of the two. Let's be honest. Yeah. It does have the cerebral bore, which is oh true, yeah, all right. It's one of the best weapons in any FPS game. So uh, yeah, that's that's coming out soon, and a game called Rad, which is out, I think, in the middle of August, uh, which is a funky indie game. Which, quite honestly, I'm I'm just going to say it, looks rad. Is that the one from Tim Schafer's studio? I believe so. I could be wrong. It looks looks like a Tim Schafer thing, and if it's not. Props to the developers for making it look like a Tim Schafer's thing. <laughs> well done. Uh, yeah, you just you uh, you take control of this uh, teenage protagonist who basically has to move through an ever-changing radioactive wasteland filled with unknown creatures, and they try and just build the world together. But she's very cool, and it's out in a couple of weeks, so I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to in August. August isn't looking too bad, really. The fourth episode of Life is Strange Two is out this month as well. Um, is that something you're keeping up with, John? No, I, I, I've decided to adopt a... I mean, I used to love episodic games, but I've decided to adopt a, a Netflix style. I will only play them once they are all out because the weights were killing me, which wasn't so bad when the games weren't, weren't great. Like, back in the day when it was Telltale and it was like Jurassic Park, you know, I'd buy the season pass and be like, oh, it comes out this week, that's fine. But with, like, Life is Strange, they always leave it on a cliffhanger. And it's like, I cannot, I cannot do this. I cannot wait three months for the answer to this question. So I've just kind of held fire. I mean, is this the last episode now? Is it, is it five episodes for this season? Uh, I believe there's one more after this in December. Uh, okay. Well, that's why Christmas game sorted then. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah. So it's not looking too bad. Uh, obviously, DC Universe is online. It's hitting Switch uh, this week. Which would be quite exciting. I just haven't ever played it, um, as I mentioned last week. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, anything else going around? Black Desert is a game that I hear a lot about, but I know nothing yeah, it's, about. <laughs> it's on the Xbox, on the Game Pass. I've never actually played it. It looks all right, but it's an MMO. Okay. Is this something we should dive into as like a team? I I know we say this a lot, but like, it feels like we should be playing an MMO. Either this or Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah, really. Okay. 
<laughs> Forget <laughs> I said anything. Jesus. God, that was really dismissive, wasn't it? Sorry, I apologize. Uh, I don't. I can't. I've never got into a Final Fantasy. I don't know why. I don't know why. It just. It's. It's. It's all just too much for me. I get very overwhelmed very quickly in those games. Uh, there's a Lord of the Rings card game coming out end of the month. Does that get you excited? No. Nah, me yes. neither. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I am really into card games right now, like uh, Slightly Spire and um, Nowhere Profits. So, yeah, I'll take another one. Why the fuck not? Okay, cool. All right, then. Uh, let's move on. So, yeah, there's a lot coming out in August. Check out releases.com if you want to have a nose at any more that's scheduled for release by the end of the month. Right. Finally, there are new fighters coming to Street Fighter V. Greg, tell me all about them. Well, a bit of an oxymoron, really, because two of them aren't new. Uh, are they new to this particular iteration of the game? Yes. Right. They're doing that crafty bullshit of putting them under season passes again. And I went on a massive rant last week about it, and I still stand by it. Putting characters like E-Honda and Poison. E-Honda's a staple. You know, he's been around since Street Fighter 2. Yeah. Uh, and Poison has been around since... Well, she was in Final Fight, but she came as a character in one of the updates to Street Fighter 4. Super Street Fighter 4? Or the arcade edition, one of the two. Having veteran characters as a paid content in a sequel is bullshit. So yeah, those two are returning, and one called Lucia, who, or Lucia, I'm not I'm sure how to pronounce that. I haven't seen much in the way of gameplay terms of it yet, so I don't know who she plays like. And that sounds like a really kind of thing to say, but most characters all play like someone anyway, or they've got various move sets that are similar. Um, yeah, I mean, that's they are coming out on the 8th of August. Sorry, 4th of August, because it is the 8th month, obviously. Yeah, I mean, I I don't care. Okay. I, I, I love no, I don't. That sounds very dismissive. I love Street Fighter as a, as a series, but Street Fighter Five. I'm I'm going to do what most people do. Unfortunately, I'm going to wait until they've released like an Ultimate Edition Super Turbo Mega Arcade Edition and probably pick it up again. Then, right? I don't That's like right. I don't like having to fork out another ten pound for three more characters. No, that makes as sense. I as I said last week, if you add it all up. The season one and two character passes are about fifteen quid each at the moment, or ten to fifteen pound each. Yeah. Top of a top of a fourteen pound game, and then to have to buy more characters, is just obscene. It's obscene, Capcom. It's obscene. it's obscene. I love Capcom. I mean, I absolutely love Capcom, but it's just an outdated. It's not an outdated practice, is it? It's a common practice now. Yeah. That needs to go. So yeah, unfortunately, yes, there are new characters come out, and we should be happy about it. But I'm just marred by the fact that you've got to pay extra on top of a game you already own. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I'm, um, I'm normally like a cheerful ray of sunshine, but that just gets my goat. You're normally a cheerful <laughs> ray of sunshine. Yeah, what? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is it the thing that fighter players say? Who is um in Street Fighter Five? Who is your who is your main? That's the word. I didn't play a lot of Street Fighter Five. I really got into because a little bit of background here. I absolutely love Vega from Street Fighter Four. And I put so many hours into getting really good with him. The problem with Street Fighter Five is they change the move sets of characters. So Vega is like a charge character. So for the uninitiated, a charge is like you hold back for a couple of seconds and then forward and a kick or something, or down and up. For, and then they changed him into like a a rolling character, like rolling like like a fireball input roll. So I started playing as Laura, the sort of Street Fighter Five's version of Abel. Have you guys played any Street Fighter before at all? Yes. Okay, well, Abel was the French amnesiac Sambist, which I thought was cool because Sambo is a very cool martial art, so close to home for me. And they took him out, five, so I started playing as Laura, 
And weird enough, she does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Again, that's Kate to me. So I started playing as her, got pretty good with her for a bit. And then I kind of gave up. That's a week. Yeah, I, I, I do want to play more Street Fighter Five, but, well, my old group of friends that we used to play a lot of Street Four either haven't got PS4s or they've all gone elsewhere. So I don't know, I just, I'm not good enough to play against the, the hordes online. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, we are at a point now where Street Fighter Five. I used to play Street Fighter Five. I was a Zangief. Like, I don't know why. The game has got to a point... <laughs> it's because you look like Zangief, that's why. Oh. Do you know... No, but it, it's true, though. Like, that is probably the main reason I went with him, because he's just, like, a cool, dumb guy. <laughs> I thought that big. was a compliment. I wasn't trying to be rude. He was only dumb in the film. <laughs> no, he's, he's still dumb in the game. Come on. <laughs> we can change the channel. It's the best part of the film. <laughs> yeah, so... Like the the online now has got to a point where if if unless you've been playing for a while, there is nobody to play against. Like nobody's picking up Street Fighter Five new now. There are no noobs to chew on, and what they really need to do is to throw it out to PlayStation Plus. They really need to get it out to PlayStation Plus. They they keep doing those free weekends, don't they? Yeah, and and you know I'll be honest with you, how many times have free weekends turned into purchases? Sales, yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, people try these games for weekends. You know, like you look at um, Overwatch and games like that that have these free weekends. They they entice like a tiny percentage of players, but it's it's not. What they really need to do is if they're going to maintain this business model, throw it out to PlayStation Plus and get people to buy in the characters. It's the only way they're going to do it to keep that game going for as long as they wanted to keep it going. Because remember that, like when they released Street Fighter Five, they were like, we've we've got a decade worth of content planned. And you're like, okay, but like people aren't going to be playing Street Fighter Five for a decade if you're going to treat it like you have been doing. So we shall see. But did did you see how these characters were leaked? Yeah, by Valve, wasn't it? Yeah, Valve decided to put it up on Steam, um, and they blamed some kind of publishing internal error. But Evo was super pissed. Like, so the the characters were supposed to be announced by Evo on the stage before the top eight Street Fighter Five tournament. And yeah, it didn't didn't go to plan. Everything was out there before the Evo tournament even began. So gutted for them, really gutted for them. Ross, do you have any uh, Street Fighter opinions? No, I don't have any opinion. Cool. I was I was pretty good at Street Fighter Two, and that's where I fell off. Because many got, many moons ago, it never got any better than that for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it did, but oh. <laughs> right then, let's move on to uh, some um, some movie stuff. Uh, the Irishman trailer dropped this week, which is a Netflix Martin Scorsese-directed film, which is a weird sentence to say out loud. It stars Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, it stars Joe Pesci. It's basically got every greatest actor you've ever, you can ever think of in one single film. And the trailer was pretty amazing. Uh, Sean, have you got any massive thoughts on this? I was so close to cancelling Netflix. So close. <laughs> I, I, th- there was nothing I wanted to watch on there. You know, I was I was on the bubble, and then this trailer comes out, and I'm like, okay, fair enough. Martin Scorsese, Scorsese. <laughs> well, Martin Scorsese. <laughs> you know, you've got pretty much the entire cast of Goodfellas back. It's and and you know, I didn't really know. So the film's all about Jimmy Hoffa, and I didn't know a vast amount about what happened with Jimmy Hoffa or what people think happened with Jimmy Hoffa. And I Googled it, and this is a fascinating thing to put into film. So I am very excited for The Irishman, and I cannot wait. 
Awesome. I, I, I'm very impressed with Netflix as well because they're putting it into to limited theatres. So they are they are putting it up for an award of some kind because they don't do this unless they are going to. So this might be Oscar bait. We'll see. Oh, it's total Oscar bait. That's why it's in theatres. Yeah, that, that's what I mean. It's like I'm, I'm impressed that they've, they've, you know, decided, yeah, we're going to put it in theatres because, you know, it's one of those things that they don't really need to. It's not as if the Oscar's going to get them any more money. But because they are fucking Netflix, you know, they <laughs> an Oscar means literally fuck all to most people who, who have Netflix. So, yeah, it's great of them to do that. Well done. Yeah, I mean, the thing is about Netflix, I mean, their TV series, obviously, a lot of them are landmarks. A lot of them are fantastic. But their movies have always been a little bit questionable. I mean, they have an Adam Sandler quadrilogy currently going. You know, their movies have always been a little bit dodgy. But it seems that they seem to be moving further into that direction. They're trying to make their movies better. And there's no better way to do that, really, than get Scorsese on board, I guess. So I think a lot of Netflix movies have received more poorly than ones that are put on through to the cinema because you are missing the cinema experience. I think a lot of reviews for Netflix films are negative because of that experience. I think a lot of critics are go batshit over the fact that they don't get invited and get given free popcorn and shit at the cinema. It's good because like check it, you know, Bright, you know, the whole, you know, Will Smith and a guy in a troll mask. Joel Edgerton. Yes. So that, that film was not as offensive as some critics made it out to be. So the the same year that the, the Emoji movie came out, one of the biggest critics in New York said, this is the worst movie to come out of this year. And I'm thinking to myself, you just haven't watched enough movies, mate, because seriously, just, just turn on fucking the Hallmark Channel or something, and you will see 20 fucking films that are a lot worse than this one. But I honestly think that Netflix films get a bit of a bad rap because of that. And I think a lot of them are good. You know, Bird Box was good. Roma was good. You know, they, they do a lot of decent movies, but they just yeah. don't have that cinema experience. And that's my rant over. That's <laughs> no, fine. No, yeah, they're, 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 they're slow. Obviously, Roma was nominated for a load of Oscars last year. So they, um, they know what they're doing. They just need to stop being so fucking free with all their money. I mean, I, I went into the Netflix originals category on Netflix the other day. And it is just absolutely absurd how many original things they make. It's it's almost, I mean, it's beyond too much. It's no wonder they're in the hole at the moment because they just keep making all this new stuff. And they only really promote, you know, what, 10, 15% of it? If that, you know, yeah. Orange's New Black has just finished. They've just finished a few other things. Uh, the Good Place is going to finish next year. Um, I imagine Stranger Things will probably go for maybe two or three more series because these kids aren't going to be kids forever. They're going to have to stop eventually. And it's just so strange how they have like zero quality control in certain aspects until they get big names on board or if something's already popular. And that's when they start promoting it. It's a very, yeah. they, they have a very strange business system over there. And, you know, they probably won't ever, the bubble won't ever burst, I don't think, because Netflix just have too much money now to do that. But I really wish they would just hone in their quality control and not make so much original stuff that, that surely isn't being watched to the extent of the licensed things that they have on there or their more successful original material. Yeah. It's a, it's a weird thing, isn't it? Because like, I, I get the feeling that most of their business decisions are by algorithms. They, they aren't human decisions. They feel like they are, how many hours did this thing get watched? How many hours did that thing get watched? And I, I don't think they market things as vocally and as visibly as other places do because 
Netflix know that like 90% of the time now when, you know, when tweens turn on the TV, it's either YouTube or Netflix. You know, they don't, they don't have to try and convince kids to turn on Netflix because they're already turning Netflix on. You know, it's, it's, it's the stuff that they should really be pushing. If like Tuca and Bertie, did you watch Tuca and Bertie? The show about the two horny birds. It was really, really funny. No, I did not. It's like the female version of Bojack Horseman. And it is fantastic viewing, like genuinely funny. There isn't an episode of that, that TV show that I didn't laugh my socks off. Netflix didn't pick up a second season because they they kind of passed on it because it didn't bring up enough viewers. But like you look at Bojack Horseman, Bojack Horseman had shit loads of fucking uh, advertising for it. You know, it was all over Twitter, like sponsored ads. I think they had billboards in America, but for Tucker and Bertie, they had nothing. So like they cancelled probably one of their best new shows because an algorithm told them that they didn't have enough viewers because they didn't do the legwork. It's like a false, like a false, fulfilling prophecy that they are like making sure that their own stuff doesn't succeed. It's so bizarre, absolutely mental. Yeah, I agree. Um, on the flip side, um, I've been watching a bit more stuff on Amazon Prime recently, uh, particularly The Boys. Um, yeah. I finished that. Holy crap on a cracker! What a good series that was. Yes, it was. Do you have any spoiler-free impressions of that series? It's. Very different from the comics. Some of the best casting I've seen in TV for a very long time and genuinely enjoyable. One of those kind of things that you can sit down and binge. Um, and they didn't kind of rely on cliffhangers to keep you coming back. So, yeah, just a really good TV show. How did you find it? Um, I really liked it. Yeah, it was um, it was really, really fun. There was p- parts of it I didn't like so much. It did drag in certain places. The Starlight uh, romance was a bit... Uh, it seemed very obvious from the very beginning what was going to happen played out in a very typical kind of way but i mean that was such a small part of the whole experience and it's uh, it was great and simon Pegg was a nice uh, was a nice addition very briefly but he was there which is quite which is quite cool can you remember what simon Pegg's voice actually sounds like anymore because i i, um, I can't remember the last time yes. i didn't hear him with an accent like he's well, always, I mean, always he's, putting an accent on you need to watch him in mission impossible that's not even his real accent he's not scottish no, Star he's Trek. Not, Wait. He's not Scottish. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> Sorry. I'm thinking of Star Trek then. My bad. Yeah, but he's, he's probably an accent on that as well, isn't he? No, he isn't. Yeah. No, no, he isn't. No, he's not. He's British in that. It's Benji. Yeah, he is. He, I mean, he's British in Star Trek, but that's, you know. Um... Scottish in Star Trek. Remember, there's oh. a difference. Oh. Dang on the end. That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I need to go back and watch Spaced. Because I honestly yeah, can't remember what he sounds like anymore. Like mm-hmm. uh, he puts on so many accents that I'm not even sure he remembers what his own voice sounds like. He spends right. too much time in LA. Okay, I can't. I can't back you up on this because I think I find what you're saying absurd. It might. It might just be you. What summer pick stuff are you watching? Pretty much. Like I mean, he was he was in Ready Player One and he didn't sound like himself. He was in Star Trek and didn't sound like himself. He was in The Boys and didn't sound like himself. I honestly can't remember the last time I watched him in anything and I was like, that's Sam and Peg talking. If oh, okay. that makes any sense. Well, yeah, go and watch the Mission Impossible quadrilogy and then the other two it, on top of that. Impossible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Impossible. Okay. okay. Yes, I will watch the Mission Impossibles. There you go. And I'll sign just like Sean and what? Sean of the Dead. Of the Dead. Oh, got you. Yeah. <laughs> Even I got that. Sorry, fuck me. It doesn't sound anything like me. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Okay, well, that does um, wrap up the podcast. We're just going to go through to the quiz answers. <laughs> 
Okay, are you ready? Do, 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 do. Okay. I'm so ready. Bring it on. I feel very confident about this. I'm not going to lie. I think I did pretty well on this. Greg, how are you feeling? Mild. You're feeling mild. Okay. Question one was, what was the first ever video game to appear on a mobile phone? Roscoe, what have you got for this? Tetris. Greg, what have you got for this? Snick. Snick. Um, well, the, the, the correct answer is Tetris. What was it? Oh, I thought Tetris came later on. Well, Tetris appeared on the Hagenuk MT2000 back in 1994. Snake uh, came on to Nokia's in 1997. Oh. Okay. I only know that because it, it was mentioned in the NES Encyclopedia as written by Chris Scully and available now at all good bookstores. Wow. There you yeah. go. Apparently a very good book. A tremendous book. Go buy it. Good. Okay. Question two. Which game contained the first ever in-game Easter egg? Greg, what have you got for this? Uh, adventure. Roscoe, what have you got for this? I've gone for Adventure. Those are both correct, the correct answers. Congratulations. Hey. Yeah, you had to take a small dot back to a specific area, and then you would see the creator's name. And This was a time before games got credits because people didn't want people being poached from companies. So, yeah. Okay, question three. Which games console was the first to have both 3D graphics and an analog stick on the controller? Greg, what have you got? I've got the Saturn, but I don't think it is now. Roscoe, what have you got? I've got the Saturn because I remember that controller very well. Yeah, I remember the 3D pad, but I, yeah, I don't know. It was, it was not good. Uh, you are both incorrect. Mm. Um, the Nintendo 64 was the first to have both 3D graphics and an analog stick controller. What? Yep. The PlayStation what 2 about, also... What about like, Panzer Dragoon and Knights and stuff? Yeah. It wasn't 3D, was it? It was 2D sprites. Panzer Dragoon was 3D. So was Knights. And so was Sonic R. Yeah, and it had an analog stick. Yeah. Analog stick. No. 3D pad did. Yeah. 3D pad that came with Knights. Yeah, what year did that come out? I don't fucking know. (laughs) Okay. It came out. Did it come out after the 64? Yeah, it came out a year after the the N64 did. And then the PlayStation 2 released a dual analog stick a year after that. Wait, no, I am going to disprove this right now. Go for it. Because right. Nights, Nights in the Dreams came out in 1995. Then there's 64 landed. Are we going to say Japan was the first release area of the N64? Came out in June 1996 in Japan. Boom. We're both correct. You've stunned him into silence. <laughs> or oh, he's quickly searching for this now. <laughs> yeah, he wants to prove me wrong. Good thing, we've got, good thing we can edit this, can't we? Yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. live. Good thing it's not live. Yeah, the big the, the big long bits are the most fun to edit because you just drag mm. and delete. You know, there you are. Sean, are you frantically researching this? No. <laughs> 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 the answer was Sega Saturn. <laughs> oh! Yeah. Apologies, Sean. But no, uh, that, that's that's my bad. I've highlighted the wrong thing. Sorry, not Let, sorry. Sorry about that. But let's be authentic on our video game podcast <laughs> we've, got, we've got to pretend like we know some things yeah okay uh, question four what was Mario's first profession was it A uh, doctor B plumber or C carpenter it was a carpenter called Jumpman it was a carpenter called Jumpman congratulations um, question five what was the first ever magazine dedicated entirely to video games Roscoe what have you got for this one uh, this is a complete guess but was it electronic games Greg, what have you got? I've got computer games. 
Uh, the answer was Electronic Games. Wow. Started in 1981. Uh, question six. What was the first live-action movie that was based on a video game? Um, Greg, what have you got? Mario. And Roscoe? Uh, Mario Brothers, but I wasn't sure because that and Street Fighter were pretty close together. 93 and 94. It was mm-hmm. Super Mario's. Yeah. Congratulations. And- it's what has basically caused Nintendo never to make another live-action movie. <laughs> Do you yeah. blame them? No. I mean, okay. Makes a lot question, of sense. Question seven. Which game publisher was the first to sell one billion games? Uh, Roscoe? I really don't know, but I'm going to go for Nintendo. Greg? I went Nintendo as well. You are both correct. The answer is Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they cater to everyone, don't they? That's correct. Uh, question eight. What was the first ever home kit console game to use motion capture technology for its animation? Greg, what have you got? Is it the really god-awful Rise of the Robots? Uh, Roscoe, what have you got? I'm a Virtua Fighter 2 because of that old M-chip. So, Rise of the Robots was the first home console game to have motion capture technology. That was, that was what you said, wasn't it? Yes. Uh, Virtual Fighter 2 did have motion capture, but it was only in arcades for a year and released a year after Rise of the Robots. So Yay! Rise of the Robots is the correct answer. Yay! Absolutely. <laughs> that'll teach, that teach you not to listen to the question. <laughs> but it, um, was, it, was, it was the first game to do it. It was. It wasn't, it wasn't the first, the first home, home, home game. But that, that's irregardless, it, isn't it? Because uh, it eventually okay. came irregardless, to irregardless isn't a real word. Irregardless, I think we should <laughs> at least look at this. Uh, question fine. nine. What was the first comic book character to get their own video game adaption? Roscoe? Superman. Greg? No, 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 he, man. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking blew my mind just I, there. No, I, I, put, I, I put Batman. <laughs> okay, uh, the answer is Superman. Uh, Atari 2600. Uh, question 10. Which game was the first ever first person shooter? Um, Greg? Uh, I got Wolfenstein. Okay, Roscoe? There's always been debate, hasn't there? But I'm pretty sure it was Wolfenstein 3D. Um, the answer is Maze War. Came out in 1974. Oh. Yeah. If I'd have said 3D first-person shooter, you would have been right. Wolfenstein 3D would have been. But the first first-person shooter was Maze War in 1974. Well, what's the first-person shooter if it's not 3D? Um, some pixels. <laughs> yeah, it was also multiplayer as well, which like blew my mind. I'd really like to see that in action. Uh, question eleven: What was the name of the first ever home video game console? Greg, is it the Magnavox? Roscoe, the Magnavox Odyssey. That is correct. Both of you are correct. Congratulations. Question twelve: What was the first ever licensed arcade game based on a TV show, released in nineteen seventy six? Ross, hi. Don't know, so I just put Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> um, Greg? I went for Star Trek. Oh, the answer was Fonz. Oh, as uh, in Happy Days Fonz. As in Happy Days Fonz. It was a, a remade a version of Moto Racer from way back in the day and had him had just just the Fonz driving down roads, avoiding obstacles. It was terrible, apparently. But jumping sharks. It was also, yeah, well, this is it. There was no jumping sharks, but it, <laughs> they, they should have been. Yeah, just like a, a whole shark level. <laughs> um, it was also the first game to ever have force feedback. Yeah. Question 13, which game console was the first to have a wireless controller? Greg? I thought initially that it was the Wavebird, then you didn't say GameCube. 
And I thought, no, I remember the, I think the Atari had these really stupid wireless things with like whacking great big radio antennas stuck out of them. So I've gone for the, <laughs> I've gone for the Atari. Um, Roscoe, what have you got? Uh, the Atari. That is correct. The Atari radio waves controllers. Oh, Lord. Okay. Um, if you wouldn't mind totting up your scores. Mm, happy with that. So yeah. out of 13, how many have you got, Roscoe? 10. Wow. Yeah. That's not bad. Greg? 13, no, 8. Ah, oh, that's that's unlucky, buddy. So Roscoe is, again, he's taking it to 10 wins now. 10 oh, wins on the yeah. what, what a meaningless and valueless win. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously, Paul, awesome. once again, giving up his opportunity to try and <laughs> claw back a win. Amen. Eyes on the prize. I'm getting that trophy. Damn straight. Damn straight. All right. Thank you very much, Sean. Pleasure. I'm looking forward to next week's quiz, which, yes. for all intents and purposes, considering our theme next week, Paul should destroy all of us. Yes, he should. We shall see what happens. Because he was around when the first uh, Declaration of Independence was signed, so he should know this kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. He actually designed those radio wave controllers for the Atari 2600. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, right, that does bring an end to the podcast. All that's left to say is, what's coming out this week? August the 6th, we have Metal Wolf Chaos coming to PC and PS4. Uh, finally, from Developer Digital. Also on August the 6th, we have Darksiders 2, the Definitive Edition, coming to Switch. Uh, Guacamelee, the one-two punch collection, coming to Switch. I said last week that was last week. It wasn't. It's was this week. I apologize about that. Um, let's see. Anything major coming out? we got Damsel coming to Xbox One and other systems as well. Um, you'll be able to read Greg's review, review of that very, very soon. Uh, Picks the Cat is coming to Switch on the 8th. That is exciting. And, uh, of course, we have Turok 2 Seeds of Evil coming to Switch on the 9th. And that is it. So thank you very much indeed, everyone, for listening. Next week on our Humble Video Games podcast, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to go all retro and do a big retro special talk about our favorite games of yesteryear. And there'll be a retro quiz. And we're going to talk about Basically, everything we loved about old school gaming. Uh, there's no topics or no news. We're just going to have a, a free-flowing discussion about old video games. Let's see how well that goes. So, until then, I've been Roscoe Kennison, your host. Thank you very much indeed for listening. It is goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks. Goodbye. It is goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Toodles. Until next time, everyone, thank you for listening to the Finger Guns Podcast. Whew.